What's up, everyone? This is Sarah G from Gen Z Gab. Let's get into episode four. Come on! So today I will be talking about my Monday mood. Kind of getting into it, but uh, my mom's boss, Paula Goldberg. She was the creator and founder of a very well-known company, but I think what people will get when I list it, Pacer Center will be more of the National Bullying Prevention Month, which takes place every October, the whole entire month. I tried to do actually like a vlog series on Choosing Kind for every day. Now part of it had to do a little bit with um, some school project, but I also just wanted to see if I could keep that mantra up. Because given like the whole situation, it's very hard, I think for a lot of the time to always be choosing to do that, choose that type of kindness, that being said, I could not agree more with all the lessons she taught me as well as that whole company did. And I mean, I could have stories galore. I have a picture hanging from when I was like two or three at a Christmas party. That's how well, like as far as a community or family thing you want to call it. And she treated me like at least one of her own, which I think a lot of people would agree with and so on and so forth. But she was a special ed teacher before all this happened, but then she's trying to figure out a way to bridge the gap because it started in the 70s and the best way to figure out how to bridge the gap was to support inclusion and mainstream, which I think what people keep forgetting in the 70s is that when this nonprofit started that it wasn't really as well known. And as someone with dyslexia and ADHD, I think I learned a lot without really them knowing a lot of about my specific needs because my mom did a very good job of kind of keeping that under wraps had she needed more information or needed more people to help her out with some of the stuff that I needed if I needed more than what the school could provide then for sure I bet she would have talked but because I luckily did have my needs met that wasn't a huge deal but going into the story I will say that Paula knew me probably pretty well given the fact that I was just always a little kid around that was a energizer bunny talking all over the place people everywhere remember me now the granted thing is that I was <laughs> Also a baby on a trip to Seattle at one point where my mom always tells me, you know, this person and this person would watch you during my report, which is cool. And I mean, I know a lot of hers because I worked through a benefit. I volunteered. So yeah, it's just a very community-based kind of family-oriented style, I'd say. I shouldn't say family-oriented, but that's just the best way for me to say the vibe is not corporate or anything like that. And I think that that just goes to show what kind of place and why I can't say anything different about what I've said. I mean, it, it's just, you feel at home. Me, so she actually got me to be allowed in for when Demi Lovato did the Teens Against Bullying website. So that was back in the summer of 09 and there's a trend going around TikTok right now that I'm just out and when they did the do you remember summer 09 well yes because that was one of the best summers and um Anna Marie Perez de Tangle was the one that did hers and I duetted it but she was on the Disney Friends for Change Circle for Friends and that was a big deal for Demi 
for them that year, the whole send it on. But between all of that and the other two big stars at the time, Miley and Selena, and Selena just hosted us and all, I didn't think that I'd even get to meet Demi because I never was invited to a lot of work things when I was really little besides like the party. I wasn't allowed to really volunteer because I was little. So yeah, it's just a bunch of differences. That being said, though, my mom kind of weaseled it in. She kind of said it in a knowledge in a conversation. Of course you can bring her. Why wouldn't you bring her? And so that just really stuck with me. And then anytime we were talking about school, she would just ask me. And again, I tried to hide my emotions, but I'm a very um, expressive person, as certain people who really know me would say. So nothing got past her, and she would just keep telling me that it's easier to be kind. But it does seem, and when I've grown up with the family that I grew up in, yes, it is easier to be kind. So that's where we are. So in light of this Monday mood, I just wanted to take some time to, you know, hold a little bit of remembrance for her. I will continue to support Pacer Center, the great organization that it is. Follow along on the journey as it continues. So now that we did that little spiel, I'm going to be talking about just some random things like as usual, but I've been really struggling to make this podcast this week, mainly because I have had so much of what is going on in the news so much overwhelming. This is like my 10th take of trying to get this podcast going this week. I don't know why. I honestly have a lot of respect for people who are doing podcasts solo like me. And when I say that 20 to 30 minutes for starters, that's about I think all you can do. I mean, especially with no other guests. And then I realized with my guests when I interviewed Brooke a few weeks ago, I realized that with um, some of the editing that needed to be done, some of the help that needed to be done, not that it would completely fix everything. Wow. It just, it takes a lot of work. I've been up until like 2 a.m. and sleeping. I've had such a weird sleep schedule and people go, well, why don't you just get everything done quicker? You know, you think you're going to do that and then it's winding up taking two more hours. I had to drink coffee at five o'clock today because I was like, I'm not going to get this done either way. And that's a fact. I can't begin to say that if you're someone with a huge production team, which I already know that a few people who do, they thank them every day. But yeah, that's that's where we are. And I even noticed this when I was listening to Man Enough and I will keep mentioning it because I love everything they talk about and a lot with kicking it with cubs. Yes, they go into the details of the episode of the show that they're watching, but they also just like kind of balance it out with like typical life stuff and whatever. Maybe it's also that it's, you know, a dad and his two kids and then his work family and who doesn't love Cobra Kai, right? But I just think that if we kind of acknowledged more and saw some of those more real life moments, it um, takes some of the pressure away. I have also noticed when I watch, because I don't have Paramount Plus right now, I'm working on it between to watch iCarly and some of the other things. But when I joke about not having a Freddy, yeah, I think we all want a Freddy. But the thing is, Nathan Krasnow directs some episodes and he knows what he's doing. Like Josh Peck said, wow, you know, like I remember growing up kind of 
seen him, both of them never really worked together when they were both on Nick, but they were talking about behind the scenes that Josh is like, yeah, Nathan told me to sit down and just do what I tell him to do. And he knew what he was doing. And he's like, wow, this kid is, this kid is intense. This kid knows what he's doing. This kid is five years younger than me. Of course he knows what he's doing. So I think that that was very interesting, but I think it's also just given the fact that they both really respected each other back then and now, but I just kind of like seeing all the interconnections, whatever, but directing is just still different but similar how all of those things and all of those layers work out and just why when you hear crews go on strike it makes way more sense and as I step away from that I want to say that my friend Misfit who I hope to have on this podcast sometime soon he's creating his own podcast but he is a pop culture icon he kind of you know all of us who are younger millennials old gen z i'm old gen z that's why it's again called gen z gab probably grew up like on the later end of perez hilton but that's kind of the vibe he gives a little bit and i think that that's good in a sense of he not saying everything that perez hilton has said is great not saying everything that anybody says is great what i'm saying is that he'll at least not be afraid to call out people i mean this guy misfit misfit has had his own like i've talked about this but has his own battles with the fashion world he was signed with like img models he he knows he knows the tea the motherfucking tea he knows it he's got her right ready to go he talks about all the dark sides which I think is a light that should be shined especially because I'm in that kind of field where I'm like a micro kind of influencer and I'm working on trying to figure out where I stand where I believe where I go where what's my next step you know but I don't think that reconnecting with him or other people like depending on the situation I'd say I got really into TikTok in 2020 where I thought I was gonna be friends with all these huge influencers because all of a sudden it's like cool all of us are bonding you know what I just realized so many of them the minute you get the blue check your whole entire or over a million followers your whole entire personality gets messed up and I hate that and I get really scared some of the times when I see some people that I follow that are getting really 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 close to a million and at one point like yeah I would be really supportive like I've gone into but then they turn into assholes who don't really want to give you the time of day or who just get an inflated ego and then they complain about other people who are similar and that's it's just no and this vid has talked about how he's had issues and he's blocked by Kendall Jenner which that's a different story for a different time but he talks about some of the stuff that he's come across when he's been in those inner circles thinking that he would be friends with them I think that we have this preconceived idea like I keep mentioning that they're gonna be great but then I think back because in a winter you know we know the Johnny Depp case I'm not saying one way or but if you're on Amber's side there's some there's a red flag inside of you and Anna Wintour side her side and when you do some deep digging and misfit has talked about this the more more stuff that you go and come across yeah you, you didn't want to know also Anna Wintour everyone needs to know was the devil wears Prada ish you didn't know that already which honestly you've been living under a rock if you didn't know that she was I mean I'm not trying to be mean on this but Google's free and the fact of the matter is that Meryl Streep has even said in an interview she watched a lot of the stuff Anna Wintour herself hated the movie go figure 
So yeah, that's where we are. So I couldn't begin to tell you how many stories I've heard of her as well. And it makes me think even like with all the stuff that's going on with the Baldwins, etc. And I don't like them. I don't understand them. They've actually blocked some of the people I follow. Like I follow this comedian, Anna Rosman or Anna Roisman. I'm really bad at pronunciation. If you're listening to this, um, fake Ilaria, as you call yourself, as you make satire jokes, which are hilarious. Just know that I am like some other people and I have dyslexia and ADHD. I can pronounce phonetic stuff, but I also can't pronounce things. So whatever. Yeah, um, Ireland Baldwin talked about her whole thing with how neither of her parents, especially her mom, didn't want her to get into modeling because she had to stand in front of people like Anna Wintour and basically be called fat. She was then going into a downward spiral, which I think just goes to show no matter how many stories you hear and you're losing your shit, like, we cannot, like, we don't have to like everyone. We don't have to love all these models. I mean, no, I might be sounding a little redundant every time I say that we don't have people, but they do at least acknowledge that they've had anxiety, depression, all these eating issues from the industry that, you know, a lot of Americans, the, a lot of the world, especially women, have to deal with, with trying to live up to what they're living. And then that's like, holy crap, it's a circle. It's coming full, full circle, which it shouldn't really matter. But the whole thing about inclusion against out in fact that Anna Wintour isn't really about inclusion much even when she sets up diversity it's not that much more different or diverse so yeah and then Ellen Barkin who's on Amber Heard's side well if you've wondered why Sam Levinson is kind of not saying kind of the way he is but he did date her now everyone would say oh my god the sources say that he started dating her when he was 23 well there's some other sources that say they began dating when he was like 17 and i'm just touching on this again because this is like one of those like the back and forth the flip-flop like who comes forward who doesn't come forward and again it's got so many nuances i'm not an expert to be talking about this i've been seeing so much in the news about it that <laughs> i thought maybe i should talk about it just just a little bit and so that's kind of where we're at. And even the fact that she's, Amber Heard is crying over the fact that Jason Momoa has a soul and believes and sees all this stuff. Well, yes, I'm fired her. That's the problem with the whole DC thing. They're not quite, they've, even if you sign the petition, you haven't quite and got her down to 10 minutes. That's still, you know, it's working fast, but it's like really, like I know jo Johnny is not 100% like you're innocent. I mean, in this case, yes, but I mean, when people bring up like the Winona Ryder and all that and the fact that he was nine years older than her and met her when she was 17. Like, yeah, I get that. I get all of that. But the thing is, you know, all his exes or 99% of his exes who have come forward have actually said nothing but good things. And they all got the same vibe from her, which is, is very telling. And I understand that for anyone here who's going through some stuff that are similar with the whole mental health as Amber Heard, like, I understand, I see you in it. Also, psychologists say that they hope this doesn't turn into something bigger because it's such a misunderstood thing to begin with. But also know this, that you should go and get help if you need because mental health does matter. And that's kind of my last little thing on this because I don't know much more and I don't want to be speaking much more on it without knowing some more professional things from it. You can follow the case all over 
it's very hot stuff right now and I think that it does though shed some light open some doors on a lot of other things do I think that Netflix might make a documentary about it considering they've made a documentary about anything else yep do I think that we could talk about some other stuff definitely so speaking of Netflix that 90s show is coming up soon and I can't wait for it because I've been re-watching that 70s show and a lot of things will not fly today and people go oh my gosh that was so 70s culture but it was 70s in the 90s like I was less than a year old when the first season of that 70s show premiered let that sink in and I've always was like wait well, there's that that 90s show I'd love to guest star I think anybody would by the way it's kind of known information but not super known but luckily um Leo Chung he uh <laughs> Tommy is able to be back on as Leo, our favorite. Um, he did not sign an NDA, so he goes, he really shouldn't have been talking about it, but I'm really excited to see that he's going to be back. And most of the original cast, I really want to see what Red's like as a grandfather and Kitty. I'm very intrigued by these kids that are on the show because they're actual teenagers. Not that I can pass her on still, or other people couldn't pass her in on Netflix because there's a lot... But it should be really interesting. Plus, I mean, there's no way that there wouldn't have been a daughter named Leah with the way that Eric was about it all. But it's just like even um, Wilmer Valderrama's um, little uh, get up for a teaser on his Instagram, he got into Fez mode. He got completely in it and it still fits and he voiced it and he's like, he's like, Red, like America is an Eric. Like, I don't know what the whole thing was, but it was just phenomenally done. And I just really hope that they don't ruin it like any other Netflix series that they did. Like, I mean, Fuller House just became so much cheesier than it needed to be. And that that just can't happen. It makes me cringe thinking about it. And yeah, so that's where we're at. But I kind of wanted to say that it would be interesting to see who like winds up with who now. Because at the same time, I'm a little upset, but completely justifiable and know exactly why Danny Masterson is not returning. He shouldn't return as Fez. And I get why, or not Fez as Hyde, but I get why, you know, they wouldn't recast, but I, Fez and Jackie just don't, don't make sense. And watching the reruns, like, yes, I love Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis together in real life, but they, Kelso and her don't make sense. Like, no, like, I, I kind of wish that they would, you know, make a little more accurate. I'd uh, recast, you know, because there was, um, in my opinion, too, a lot of issues that should have gone on with how that they did reveal who his bio dad was. It was played by the amazing Tim Reed, who uh, was on Sister Sister. And he just, yeah, it's a phenomenal actor. But yes, if I was going to just say if the one thing that if they do decide, which I doubt that they are going to even for season two, if it happens, be a little more correct in, in hiring someone to play I, it, I just don't know, but that'll be like the one little sad thing. But Lisa Robin Kelly, may she rest in peace, isn't going to be on either. But I actually rewatching and seeing Christina Moore as her, it wasn't the worst way. I just think that once you get used to the pl person who played her for a little while, if she returned as Lori, I think I'd be okay with it. I know other people don't 
like as much, but if you gave her a little more screen time, but yes, I completely agree with everyone's take on like the new Lori was way sweeter, even her nasty delivery. And that's a thing like both between both acts, but that's okay too. I mean, everyone plays like think about remakes all the time and still the remakes do okay in a lot of ways. I mean, Spider-Man franchise has had so many different ones and the fact of the matter is they brought in for Spider-Man No Way Home. They brought in Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield. Like, all the different ones. So, that's just where I'm kind of settling on. And the whole reason, like, season 8 is the worst. I refuse to watch season 8, really, except for the finale. And I know people go, oh my god, it doesn't make sense. Read the cliff notes online, okay? Because I try to pretend that season 8 never happened. I think a lot of people... and. People go, what what age were you when you figured out like the what the circle meant? Yeah, you know, I was in college because I was a little bit more sheltered and I didn't really do that stuff. Didn't do that stuff actually. But to be honest, it's also though, yeah, it depending on where you watched it at, it was more visible. But I'm coming across so many people around the same age as me that were like, we were watching reruns on like ABC or ABC Family or all that where they actually did have to cut out a lot more of the stuff. So yeah in a lot of the references but as I rewatch as an adult it just it's way more relatable and then I think to myself Mila like she lied about her age and she worked on it and she played such an iconic character but then she also she had a big year in like 98 she got Meg Griffith she got Jackie so the fact is like yes she's been in some other movies and stuff but she's been on two of like the longest running sitcoms now she's returning to screen but she's been on Bad Moms like her career is really interesting and just like our background obviously and all the things she's been doing lately has been just really good like I have a lot of respect for her as a person and again I'd love to meet her and I love Ashton not because he's Michael not because he's this and that not because he's the pretty boy but because he's a go Hawks man uh yeah I went to University of Iowa so if this ever comes up your way Ashton I'd love to talk to you more and that's my little icebreaker as much as we hate them so as I close off this podcast for this week uh I just want to say that movies like Wonder and you know websites like Pacer that all tackle different bullying issues so as an organization just choose kind don't hide behind you know the technology don't hide and be mean I know it's kind of redundant and it keeps saying redundant so that's getting redundant but I really really want to challenge people especially with what's going on in society, what's going on all around us to believe this, you know, what you like believe the people who are being victimized believe in kindness and love and gratitude, even though it's hard to do that and make an effort and push through and understand. Very important, especially just with how life has been. I've been getting angry every like Sunday, Sunday scaries we joke about because I don't know what's going on with my life. I have no idea. Every day I think I'm getting sort of closer to ready to move out and start my journey. But you know what? I think I'm still on this journey and the people that are listening are probably in similar spots. So that's kind of where we are as we connect to where society is going next. That's 
our problems. But I have realized that we've at least had the opportunity to grow up a little slower. Not saying that we still don't have generational trauma. Honestly, Gen Z is doing the work after millennials put it forward to finally recognize what's going on and what, like, how much overworking that we're doing and that all these things are real. But I want to take a moment to step back from that all and realize that we are probably the first generation that really got to kind of follow their dreams and think through more. Not saying the millennials didn't, but they paved a lot more of a way for freedom. And, you know, like we're more on rest days. We're more pushing for mental health days. There's just a lot going on. And boomers look at us like whatever. And that's why I would think about that 70s show. And one of my friends mentioned this. She's a comic or a high that we're the same as their like boomers, quote unquote, hippie children or the themselves children like they raised those things but the boomers hate us because we were kind of like them where they were fighting for equality bodily autonomy all those fun things and I think that they needed to realize that because some of them now are like wait what no you're like us and I think that as the more generation goes on it just shows like full circle moments so I will be here next week thank you for listening and I hope that you can have soon with me. All right, bye guys.